You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, hey. Welcome back to Fly in the Call. Today, I'm talking to Oolong a band that has at the same time been around for a while, yet came out of nowhere. They released their debut full-length, About Your Imaginary Friend, earlier this year. Besides one of the singles off it, it's their first release as a band. Don't let that lower your expectations, though, as it is a stellar emo album, especially for fans of Twinkle. Keep listening to be even more blown away by the total number of rehearsals the band has had. It's pretty shocking. That's probably the most clickbaity line I've ever said, but hopefully it worked, because without further ado, here's my conversation with Oolong. I'm curious, like, what kind of led to the the full length happening and that being kind of like the first, you know, major release that the, that the band put together. So, um, I guess the main reason why we really went for a, f- uh, a full length over really anything else was, I guess, circumstantial. So we're a weird band because, like, most of us are in Long Island. Like, we're all like personal friends. Uh, four out of five of us have like known each other for years and we're all like really close friends but um sam is from philadelphia or drum or he's like he's around that area so it makes it so that it's very hard to like constantly be practicing constantly like doing band stuff mm-hmm. um so the lp kind of just made the most sense like let's just put as much music out as possible and then we, we do everything in chunks rather than focus on a little EP here, an EP there. We kind of just chunked it all just because of how it was just easier for us to do it that mm-hmm. way. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Sam. Like, how did you get hooked up with him since he's not, you know, as local as the other guys? It was, uh, it was actually kind of a really funny story. Um, so it started off, we were a two piece. We were going to try to be a three piece. Um, it was just me and a bass player. And we just kind of like, looking around for drummers we had this drummer he rehearsed with me once then he's like oh, i'm too busy and then i just texted sam over instagram i messaged him like i was like hey uh do you know any drummers in the area and he was like immediately like i'll drum for you and i was like what and what i ended up finding out was the reason is because he like just checked on instagram and he just like really liked what he heard so he immediately jumped on it. It was hearing that from Sam because I'm I was I'm very into uh, a lot of his work, um, specifically when he did drumming for like the band Stippling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very into the band Stippling. They're a Philadelphia band. Um, they're killer, very 
and and I just uh, I've always loved Sam's drumming in pretty much everything that he's ever done. So it's kind of um, yeah, it's it's really cool that I get to that he works with us now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure that must have felt awesome, you know, kind of like shooting your not even shooting your shot quite, but you know, getting recognized, you know, um, so quickly or so easily from him. <laughs> he's such a nice person because it's like he just he kind of went out of his way. He made always went out of his way for this band. Like that first video you probably saw on Reddit um, was actually our first time ever meeting Sam and rehearsing. He drove all the way to Long Island, three hour drive just to rehearse with some people he's never met before. Um, And we happened to get a lot done and we happened to just vibe really well and have similar personalities. And so it it just, it all kind of clicked right away. We've only, as a band, we've only rehearsed four times. Oh, wow. Damn, that's <laughs> that crazy. Full band. <laughs> we also have another drummer that plays with us. So most of our live shows have been with my friend Jack. Um, so that's been awesome. But Sam's wrote, he wrote all the parts, mm-hmm. like all the drum parts. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I know that first, um, that first rehearsal was kind of like back in you know, I think it was like late 2018 or early 2019 or whatever. Um, like how have some of the songs kind of like changed throughout that, that writing process and, you know, oh, the, those four rehearsal processes. <laughs> <laughs> so give you some perspective. When we were, when we had that rehearsal, we only had two guitar players on the record. We have three guitar players. So what we did is we took our bass player, made him the third guitarist, added a second vocalist and then made him the bass player. <laughs> So I rewrote these songs. Oh, we actually, we were originally a three-piece. Just guitar, I wrote one guitar part. I added another guitarist. I rewrote all the songs for two guitars. Like, rewrote the third guitar. <laughs> so it's a, it was, it was a pretty, like, these songs we wrote, I wrote Welcome to Destiny Island in 2017. <laughs> so all of these songs are kind of old. I guess so these are like some of the first songs I've really written as like full band. Like we, I had a band in 2016. It was pretty much the same members that's in this band now, um, except minus a new drummer and a different bass player. But um, a lot of like a lot of this record is some of like the first music that I'm like that I really put a lot of work in. Yeah, and I mean I feel like you know it, it draws a lot from kind of like the early emo like uh midwesty you know math rocky sounds but also kind of like the the nonchalant you know craziness of like a prince daddy or something like that i'm curious like what has your kind of like journey through music been and like how did you kind of you know first get into emo so oh okay so that's cool because growing up um i guess i've always been in peripheral i've always been like adjacent to music i've never been like a music listener my whole life but mm-hmm. Growing up, music was always a very important part of my life, and I didn't really know it. Um, I listened to a lot of Green Day, Simple Plan, um, American Rejects, like just a lot of like pop punky emo esque stuff. Um, Taking Back Sunday, I remember um, listening to. Uh, I forgot exactly what song. I also listened to a lot of boy bands and stuff as a child, <laughs> but. Then I got older and I really stopped. I just really played a lot of video games. I wasn't really a music listener. But then my friend, Matt, who's actually one of the guitar players in the band, he showed me Taking Back Sunday. And I was, well, not Taking Back Sunday, what am I saying? Um, the story so far. 
<laughs> um, and then the big key was he showed me American football. And like, that was it. And then I immediately dove right into the genre. And that was 2015, 20, yeah, probably like 2015. And I can say that I've been heavily into emo music like since, and I'm, I'm very, I'm still into it like now. Like that's really what I listen to. And I, I mean, how was it kind of like, you know, figuring out which parts of the genre you wanted to kind of like influence the music that you want makes? I remember listening to some kind of Cadwallader for the first time and hearing those guitars and being completely enamored. Um, just like, I'm just listening to that. I'm just like, this is bonkers. And then I'm, I, there was nothing else. Like it was like, that was it. And then I just immediately, I remember in 2015, I picked up guitar again because of after, or after I was listening to American football, I got really into modern baseball. I remember learning like rock bottom and I was playing rock bottom doing the vocals too, which I never thought to do. Um, and I started like doing vocals and I was horrible. And then I remember singing like green day songs. Um, it's, it's, it's always been a very, like, I guess it's always, it was like a very natural thing for me. It was pretty much what made me start writing, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what was like kind of that, that drive behind, not just, you know, obviously the discovery aspect of it got you really into the music itself, but what was the drive behind like, you know, really wanting to, you know, create the music as well? Oh, um, so early on, uh, so when I discovered emo music and I was really into music, I started going to shows, um, just like that, that, that started all that. But as that was happening, um, I remember Matt and I, we just made joke music, just like started some like joke rap group um, as, as like, this is something super funny surrounding Chungus. It was pretty great. Um, but, and then I, I slowly turned into me making joke guitar music. And then that turned into me improving songs and just like putting them on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't write for so long. So I guess like, the drive, like I was just improving songs just because I realized that like writing songs is like, or just putting out music and making music. I just like, it kind of was like, Oh, this is an easy thing to do. I could just like do this. And it's like the song, I I basically got over that mental hump. And once I got over Mm -hmm. that, I just remember just like always wanting to write songs. And then Oolong, I remember, I remember starting it because like, I was just like, yeah, this is it. Like, I just want to start the band i want to make i want to make like our goal was to make like pop music that sounds broken mm-hmm. with no song structure it was like <laughs> that was kind of the goal like intermixed pop music with just like random parts happening mm-hmm. and it was just me and scott who's now the third guitar player but he used to be the bass player <laughs> um so it was him and i just Honestly, we used to, we have so many random songs and so many things, but we just like we're jamming in my room, and then we get Sam as a drummer somehow, and we're like, <laughs> oh shit, like we're, this is like a thing now. We're gonna have to like start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So we started like really getting the songs finalized. I started. I added another guitar player. Then. Sam joined the band July of that year, uh, I think 2018, and then January of 2019 was when we first met up. Mm-hmm. So it was like 
actually not July. He, it was like probably like May. It was like the springtime um, was when Sam joined. <laughs> but so we were just kind of talking for like a good six, seven, eight months um, before we even met up. But then when we met up, we put out music and like we just like rec- we made we I think we went over four songs and then we put out Roxy's. And then it was like the response was really cool. So I was like, oh, man, um, I guess we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to like get this recorded and we're going to have to put like super like a lot of work into this. And uh, yeah, and then the album came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel like that's like really awesome that you kind of just like took it into your hands like that. And I'm, I'm curious, like now that the album is out, like how has that, you know, how's like the mentality surrounding the band kind of changed or not changed? It's it's actually kind of funny because I think overall there was always this like weird creative itch where if I'm not scratching it, I just get super anxious for no reason. And after the record came out, that itch came back. So I feel like I'm in the exact same position as before the <laughs> album came out. So we have a lot of music that we're working on right now. Um, it's going to be, I mean, I plan on putting out more stuff and I mean, I feel like even after this record, the response has been really awesome. Um, and I think uh, people might be happy uh, where we're going. So, <laughs> I hope, for sure. I yeah. Hope I mean, and you mentioned kind of like, you know, part of the idea, like when you started writing for the band was kind of, you know, making pop music, but also not kind of, you know, adhering to those like conventional structures and stuff. And, you know, a lot of the songs are kind of, you know, don't follow that verse course first. And they're, you know, a lot of them are a bit longer and stuff. Like, can you tell me a little bit more about like that, that style and what it is that appeals to you about it? Um, I really like Marietta um, and Cap and Jazz. I like, I like when bands, I like the idea that a song or five minutes or six minutes is like a place where you can just like totally mess with what's going on within that space. I think like the idea that, a song could be whatever you want it to be, I think is like such an opening, such a freeing thing. So mm-hmm. when we wrote a lot of these songs, it was more or less, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we do this or <laughs> this, or then we do this, or we go back to this, or then we could do a slower version of this, or like it's more or less like having fun with the time given to us. Mm-hmm. So I think like just kind of like, uh, it's really about ha- having fun with what's going on. I, I-, I love how free. It is, and then you get these five, six-minute songs where I didn't expect them to be five, six minutes. It just came out like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, how do you kind of, you know, during the writing process, how do you kind of, like, figure out which parts to, you know, either elongate or shorten or, you know, cut back on, you know, stuff like that? So that's still something I'm still learning about um, for me. But one of the things that I notice is depending on my headspace or where I am, in the writing process, I'll have a different onlook on parts. So the way that I kind of see it is if I play a song or I listen to a song, there's always something that sticks out a little bit. So my, so like for me, little things that I feel that I, that I like kind of like hear when I listen to the song or I play it, I have to iron those out. So each time I iron something out, like a little thing, oh, I want to change this, something else pops up and I keep doing it until it's totally done. Mm-hmm. Um, like some songs like Miller's High Life came very quick. It was like my friend was over at my house. We were um, drinking some beers and he fell asleep. 
But before that, I was just playing guitar and I wrote this random riff. I was like that 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 opening part, the opening chord progression. And then he went to sleep at like 3 a.m. and I finished the whole entire song. And then by the time he woke up, it was done. Nice. And like the whole song was totally done. But then songs like, dude, I think we changed it. Like it took like over a year of changes. Just like so many changes, like so many random things. Like I have so many random demos of like things happen. So I think uh, for me, it, each song has different potential. Now my newer songs, I feel like, are getting um, are a lot more concise, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, or I feel like I know what I want more or less. For sure, yeah. I mean, has that led to you know, like the newer stuff? Has that led to like a stylistic change as well, or just, or is it more so like the structure? I would say that um, it's more or less like the, um, I guess the. I'm trying to think of the word. The function of the song is a lot more concise. I feel like I'm writing more with function, as mm-hmm. in like, what is this song's purpose? Like, what is it doing? Like, what do I want people to do? Like, how do I want this? What's the vibe? So I'm, I feel like I'm writing with more purpose, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. There's more breakdowns. It's a little heavier, more aligned with bands like Spy versus Spy and like early emotive hardcore bands. Um, I, I'm getting honestly. I feel like we're going, we're going in hardcore direction um that's i mean some some of my favorite shows i've ever been to are like back to school jam 2016 or just like i love going to hardcore shows it's just kind of my thing so for me like i feel like our music will be getting like heavier or at least more breakdowns um and that's kind of the direction that everything's kind of going more based on function like oh like in this song like this is what's going to be this is the vibe of what's going on and then doing weird stuff with that still the same dynamic of no song structure really the same (laughs) um but more or less i feel like i'm writing with more purpose for sure yeah that makes a lot of sense um and one of of my favorite tracks on the album is uh rick murphy which is kind of like I feel like it's a little bit more punk leaning and, you know, one of the, the, the first of the looser songs on the album. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how that one came together? Oh, hells yeah. Um, that's what you described was we were like, let's make a song that's more punk leaning, but in the aspect of what this band is. Mm-hmm. So that's what Rick Murphy is. We're very into like Black Flag or dead kennedys i mean chromags burn like all those like new york hardcore bands i mean i know that a lot of those weren't hardcore bands but like <laughs> the super fast kind of like in your face just um and then we use like the major third which i always call the glockamore chord because it just sounds like that band so yeah that's what it was like i also um like doing stuff that's like the odd time part like that fast like odd time part Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do something like that. Like that song, I just wanted to be like that hard punch in the face song. We play it live; it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. <laughs> and I mean, you, you mentioned um, you know, like taking back Sunday and you know going to shows and everything. And, and I, obviously, Long Island is a pretty you know iconic scene within this kind of genre of music. I'm curious what what your experiences in the scene have been like. So when I got into the scene, it was very fascinating. So as I found emo, or as I found American football that year, um, I was also friends with this group of people. And one of them happened to be this guy, Tim. And he was in this amazing emo band called Reasons. Um, they're from Long Island. Um, they are incredible. Like, like 
to this day one of my favorite emo bands ever um and i've i've seen them a couple times and those were some of my first diy shows like i saw them in a garage their last show ever was in this tiny garage like five minutes away from where i live mm. and it's just i just thought they they're just such a good band and like that was the band that made it like made me go like hey like i could just make music that i want like if i can't go see like snowing or algernon mm. or any of these bands play like I might as well just start one of those stuff. Like I, I've seen, I've seen, I've got to see like a, a handful of, a lot of like sick bands. Like I mean, I've seen Modern Baseball play. I've seen Cap and Jazz a couple years ago. I've had my fair share of experiences, but for me, I remember just wanting to start like a Twinkle band because there weren't <laughs> any other than reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, so it was like kind of that idea of like you know bringing these bands that you know or bring the influence of these bands that necessarily that you know people who see you or who know oolong like don't necessarily uh haven't had the chance to see live is that you know are you trying to bring that energy specifically for them to be able to experience something similar exactly one of the things that i notice is when we play a show a lot of people will come up to us excited saying like hey you sound like marietta or you sound like it had this vibe like just some like 2010s like twinkly band and it's like for me like if i was in the audience like that would make me really happy too like i'm super into like i remember when i saw max seal for the first time it was like it was like when their ep was out because they're from long island as well and mm -hmm. i remember i was just seeing tiny moving parts in like 2015 or, and i just like they opened up for them and I'm like, this is insane. Like, this band is amazing. And like, when I find when there's a band that just like has that sound, I feel like it resonates with. I feel like there's a there's a Long Island niche where people still like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And whenever we play a show on Long Island, there's always there's always at least one or two people that are like, oh, like, sounds like this 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 awesome band. And I'm like, wow, that's that's awesome. Um, that's really what I really wanted to tribute, like those 2010 bands, High Tide Hotel, like just all those bands that everyone i mean that that i really like i'm super stuff i mean that's why i'm, I'm super obsessed with like ogbert the nerd um they're like one of my favorite ever but it's because like they really they really make it for sure yeah and yeah i mean you mentioned that you think it's at least partially like a regional thing for, with long island um how has it been kind of like finding you know your niche within the greater scene oh um, it's been really cool um so I remember meeting everyone in Guitar Fight um, at an upstate New York show because I went to go see that with my friend Matt. And we ended up meeting all of them, meeting Kit, meeting the whole gang. And then connecting with Kit, and Kit pretty much like getting me connected with everyone in DIY. And, and like, I made a Twitter account, and I feel like our online presence because of, of meeting Kit has, has really changed because I'm not really like that social of a person that's why mm -hmm. robbie our uh, our amazing manager runs our twitter account because i can't do that i can't <laughs> be on social media it's just like things like that is too much for me mm -hmm. so it, it was like meeting up with guitar fight and just like i mean they're awesome people all of them and mm -hmm. they've helped out so much just like explaining how this whole thing works and getting me connected with <laughs> It's been like, honestly, like, I've been so grateful. To be honest, like, I feel like the one thing with Long Island, it's really like clicky. Mm -hmm. um, it's very like people 
have their thing in their area and like that's it it doesn't it doesn't really branch out mm -hmm. i feel like if you go to like philadelphia new jersey new jersey's pretty popping um right now a lot of that that place is super accepting of bands coming from all over and it's just a very like diverse scene. and i feel like um long island's still very clicky so for me i haven't really gone out of my way mm -hmm. um as much as i should I feel like more at home in New Jersey, actually, which sounds kind of silly, but... <laughs> hey, um, I mean, as long as you got a place, that, that's what matters for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's an hour away, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Uh, I mean, I'm from Connecticut, so my scene is, like, basically the entire East Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I heard, it, I heard Connecticut's similar to Long Island. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely... Definitely has the clicky aspect of it, and also just the, like... It's weird because it's like there's, you know, there's some pretty good bands in the state, but it feels like there's not like a unified scene in a way. Foxtails. Oh that's, yeah, Foxtails are great. That's probably like one of my favorite. Yeah, Foxtails are great. Um, Jelani say are very much the opposite of Foxtails, but they're <laughs> they're one of my faves for sure too. And I mean, I kind of I feel like on the the album, you know, a lot of the. The, the opening track starts with or ends with you know the line i feel like i'm i'm, a, I'm my own imaginary friend and you know that and some of the other songs kind of deal with you know the difference between who you are and like who you want to be or who you think you should be um can you tell me a little bit about that theme and how it kind of you know worked its way into the album yeah so all my songs are very situational like i write about a specific thing happening and i think the idea is that experience and like just situations shape who you are. So I feel like as things keep happening to me and as like I keep living my life, I'm st it's like I'm starting to like, I guess, understand more about myself. So the whole record kind of opens up with me just kind of like, just being like, especially early on, I was very, uh, especially when I first started writing, that's why it's really interesting because I wrote a lot of these songs like two or three years ago, or I based what these songs are about from events that happened like four years ago. <laughs> so a lot of these songs are coming from like a perspective where I was like 19 years old. Like there's a song um, about like a fight I had with someone, like an, 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 you know, like a like a argument we had, like this whole like thing that happened. Like they're very specific things. So I think like the first song kind of is the overall all like like kind of figuring out who I am, and then the end of it, I kind of like tie it where I try to say like you know like just do whatever that makes you happy as long as it's like not harmful to yourself or like people around you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's kind of what I like each song is about a very specific moment or something that it like happens mm -hmm. or like just something specific for sure yeah and I mean I feel like the the kind of other themes that kind of like stick out to me would be you know on like Roxy's or uh, Roxy's and Cigarettes are like dude it's painfully obvious I, I feel like those songs kind of center around you know more feelings of loss um can you tell me a little bit about uh how that came in yeah, so Roxy's and Cigarettes specifically, I think it's it's about um, this person I was very, very close to. She ended up passing away and overdosing. Um, and it was just a very, I think like after that whole moment, especially like the song, I'm constantly like questioning like what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. Or I'm like, 
I feel like the dialogue is very like in and out. And I think it was because I was very disengaged with what was going on. Like it was, I remember just feeling like so like shocked, but also just like out of it. I feel like that song specifically is just like, like me kind of going back and forth not really acknowledging that anything bad has happened. And then at the end of the song, I'm pretty much just like, I miss you. You know, like it's just me, just like, just like a, a blank statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that song specifically, and then is about that. And the dude is also about, I, I would say to a degree, it's, it's about kind of like losing a friend and losing friends and, and kind of like realizing that like, you know, you're going to lose friends and, I think that's what I do with a lot of my songs because a lot of these songs have kind of like happened years ago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've kind of tied up what's happened mm-hmm. by, by the end of the song. There's kind of a resolution with what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, you, you mentioned that, um, you know, like you said, a lot of the stuff is from like older events and older feelings and stuff. How is that kind of, how has the, the newer stuff you've been writing since the album came out uh, been kind of like shaping up in that way? Um, from what it looks like, it seems like it's more based around mental health and just self-help um, and just kind of being, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it's more about like really based around mental health. <laughs> like that's kind of the big theme that's kind of going on in quarantine. That's when I started writing a lot of these songs because – this record came out February really start writing until after that. So a lot of these songs are about kind of me trying to keep my sanity or there's a song about, there's a song about um, people ditching my friend and I at a <laughs> bar, which is a, that's, that's a song, to me, which is kind of, so it's kind of in the same vein where I write about things that I, I was like, um, other than that, I think there's more themes of mental health and self-acceptance or, um, friendship and, and because I am I'm 24 now so I feel like I'm more about yeah I'm kind of interested to look at these lyrics like overall and just see like the, the general theme I'm writing about that's what I what I do when I write I don't really think about what I'm said it's like like whatever so I kind of come back to it yeah for sure especially once you're you know like like you are from the events you're writing about you wrote about for this album like a few years removed i'm sure it'll be even more interesting too <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the thing i mean there's a lot of honesty within this record because it's like i'm not really i'm just kind of like saying how i see it. so it's like it's pretty it's pretty revealing so it's <laughs> kind of like i don't know i don't really know how to write like i i don't know how to write about stuff that's not about me i feel like it's super super <laughs> egotistic how i feel things but i feel like and I'm writing, it's like generally from so. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you think that your writing style kind of like allows you to, you know, like write about it without thinking about it and then kind of like process your emotions kind of separately from that? Yeah, that what, what generally will happen is like as I'm kind of like thinking about something felt or how I feel in that moment will generally just come out of it. Like if I'm feeling like I wrote a lyric about there's a song where I'm to get, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's cool because it's, it was, I was in a good headspace and I remember just like, just like every time that I fit, I just invite my friend. Day. 
So like that's what the songs I kind of so I'm like oh yeah that's generally how I've been feeling like if I feel like shit I just invite one of my friends over, <laughs> um, so so there's stuff like that where it just it just feels natural to write about because that's just something that I thought about. For sure, and it just comes out of my music, I guess. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, does that ever it kind of has that led to like a disconnect for you at all in? Um you know, in the performances or are you kind of able to just like get back into that headspace when, uh, when you play live? Honestly, when I play live, I'm more, I feel like there's two headspaces. I feel like there's me writing and then there's me performing. When I'm performing, I could be singing about like the most person or I could be like, let's say I had all these songs about the most embarrassing things. I like, wouldn't even be that. I just like, <laughs> if I practiced it, I would just do it. Like when I'm on stage, I get like, we just like have so much fun that things like that doesn't even phase me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm happy about that because I feel like if I did have some problems with that, performing wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily I feel like they don't really like, the emotions never really to me in that moment. I'm generally very happy when I'm, so that's mm-hmm. why it's kind of, it's kind of funny when we play shows because we play these kind of like, sadder songs and then i'm just like at the end i'm like woo, yeah (laughs) yeah i mean so i mean obviously it seems like people are you know connecting with these songs on an emotional level too um is it so is that kind of like a weird disconnect between you know the vibe of the live show and you know the way people might be connecting like within their heads see i think one of the things with um this type of music that i really like is i think when you go to a snowing show, like, and they play Pump Fake, they're playing it a million miles apart. When, they, when you go see a lot of these, like, I feel like for me, if I'm going to an Ogbert show, I want them to play super fast, in your face, and I just want to thrash around. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's generally what, like, that's why I go to an emo show, or like, whenever I go to a show, I'm very much into the whole. I love. When I perform, when we perform, we'll generally play like, honestly, like on the, we're playing the songs just as fast as we would be playing them live. Like we didn't like slow anything up. It's like, it's just like as fast as we would normally play them, which Mm -hmm. is, so it's like, I wanted to keep that whole liveness. Like that's a very key component of like this. Like I I love music. I love lo-fi. Like I love things that just like, like that are just super thrashy mm-hmm. and I, I love Terramelos. Um, so for me, like I, I, when you, when I read, I think like the guitars, for example, I think deliver such specific emotion t- for me. Like when I hear a, a certain like interval on the guitar, like a certain like sound, it, it just delivers this certain emotion. I feel like intermixed with thrashy fast guitar playing even in a live setting, when we start in Roxy's, when we're twinkling out, like at the end, when we're just like jamming, I'll, we'll just play that for like five minutes. Like nice. we'll just like keep going on because I, I feel like we try to balance the whole like in your face thrashiness with like, I guess the slower, just kind of like sit there and reminisce. And <laughs> I feel like the live show for me is the most important thing like ever. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the that live aspect that you said to the to the record really came through to me, and you know, I think in in my write up for like the best so far for the alternative, it was like I think I you know said like it feels like being at a basement show. Um, was there any sort of you know like debate within yourself about whether to you know go that balls to the wall for the for the recording or whether to you know make it a little bit more somber and you know uh, like thoughtful. Honestly, like, <laughs> it sounds f- like we come from a very, like, like, I come from, a, like, a like a hardcore background. So for me, like, we were always like, yeah, let's things slow down or when things like either things like that, I feel like mixed with these super brashy, super fast guitars, I feel like that's the type of emotion I try to deliver. Mm-hmm. But I think always from the beginning, it was like, yeah, let's play super fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, then, then I, you know, I always like to wrap up by just kind of like asking for either like a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about lately that, you know, you've been wanting to share. Um, yeah, let me, I, I feel like I should. Okay, so I feel like obviously things are, we have like, we have all that going on. I just like everyone, let's stay safe sooner that, that we could like, the sooner that like, or the more cautious we are now the more or the sooner that we'll be able to play shows and just overall community again mm-hmm. um that's generally what i miss the most about everything part of a community just going to shows i don't i mean playing shows are great and all but like i was supposed to see gami and ogberg so for me like the whole community want to stay cautious um and also stay vigilant on what's going on stay educated with in politics because there's so much nonsense out there and Black Lives Matter. Um, and I guess that's what I'll wrap with. Uh. And now you know all about Oolong. If you haven't listened to About Your Imaginary Friend already, I highly suggest it. It'll help you relive the glory of the live show, and I have no doubts that you'll be excited to hear what the band is cooking up next. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyInTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyInTheCallPod at gmail.com. Catch you next Wednesday. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, 
and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.